126. Psalm 126. Remain standing for the reading of the word. Psalm 126. And verse 1. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with singing. Then said they among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. To whom and for what are you thankful? Would you ask your neighbor that question? To whom and for what are you thankful? Be seated, please. I suppose my first task is to bring all of us into agreement regarding the appropriateness of thanksgiving. It's appropriate to give thanks. There might be someone here who feels that you've got nothing to be thankful for and nobody to thank. There may be someone here who feels no gratitude, no appreciation who has a grumbling and critical spirit and critical attitude. You've got multiple complaints, but few words of thanks. Lady was married to a man like that. He never gave her credit, never gave her compliments, always criticized. One morning they woke up and she said, I'm going to please my husband today. She asked him, honey, what do you want for breakfast? He said, I want two eggs, one boiled and one scrambled. So she said, oh, I can please him with that. So she boiled one egg, scrambled the other, and put it before him. He looked indignant down at it and said, you, know, you just don't get it right. You just don't get it right. She said, what's the matter, honey? What's the matter? You boiled the wrong egg. Some people are forever complaining, never satisfied. But first, let me tell you today, you should be thankful because it could be worse. No matter how bad your situation is, it could be worse. You might complain because you have no seat. But let me show you a man who has no feet, and you should not complain. So the man who has no feet might be depressed, but I heard of a lady who was blind, deaf, and mute. She could not talk, she could not hear, she could not see. But she lived 88 years on the face of the earth 
She graduated from Radcliffe University. She traveled around the world. Her name was Helen Keller. But without the ability to see, without the ability to hear, she did develop the ability to talk, having never heard since she was 16 months old a human voice. But she impacted the world for good. And she maintained a positive outlook on life. If Helen Keller could be positive, you can be positive. And you can be thankful. If I had time, I could challenge anybody here to prove to any one of you that your state could be worse than it is. No matter how bad it is, no matter how rough it is, it could be worse. And therefore, you should be thankful that it's not worse than it is. That's the first reason to be thankful. Second, let me say that at least you are alive. At least you are here. And you ought to be thankful. If you're not alive, please get up and get out of here now before you make all of us hurt ourselves. Every day above the ground is a good day. Is anybody here glad that you're alive? For there's life, there's hope. And the third reason you should be thankful is that there are many good things in everyone's life. No matter how many bad things there are, there are good things that you can thank God for. The negative, the painful, the misfortune always attracts more attention than the good things. There can be a thousand good things in your life, but one bad thing, and that one bad thing can make you forget all of the good things that you are experiencing. But listen, focus on the good. Focus on the positive. You'll find that it's mentally healthy and physically healthy, and it's motivating and energizing to focus on the good things that have happened in your life. Whenever you're tempted to fret or complain, just think of his goodness unto you. And fourthly, you should be thankful because for many of you, it's better than it has been. It's better than it has been. You can look back and you can see, listen, though everything is not where I want it to be, everything is not where it once was. Things are improving. Things are, how many of you are better off than you were five years ago? And so you should be thankful. If you've risen even an inch above your lowest level, then you've got something to be thankful for. And then fifthly, you should be thankful because there are many bad things which could have happened to you that did not happen. You saw destruction, fear overwhelm your heart and your mind, and the thing that you thought was going to happen did not happen. Don't just breathe a sigh of relief and say you're lucky. Lift up your hand toward heaven and say, God, I thank you that you warded off the evil that would have come my way. To be thankful is to be conscious of a benefit received. To be thankful is to be well pleased. To give thanks is to express gratitude. And the word gratitude comes from the word great, the same root word, great, which is to scrape or to rub harshly. 
It is in a sense to massage or to scratch. And have you ever had an itching in your back that you could not reach, no matter how you tried to get to it, and you had to get somebody's help and say, listen, scratch my back, Father, come on up a little bit, uh, over to the right a little bit, down, down, oh, oh that's it, that's, that's it, scratch right there, right there, right there. That's what a person who thanks you does for you. Then they give you gratitude, a grating, then you are scratching where that person has enriched, and you are making that person feel better. In a sense, when you rub them briskly, you scratch the itch that they cannot reach. And a favor for which there is no thanks leaves an itch. I say, as a favor for which there is no thank leaves an itch. And so when somebody thanks you, give them gratitude, a word of praise, and that is as if to scratch the itch that they might have. Synonyms of the word thankful are obliged, as the old folk used to say, I'm much obliged to you. In other words, I'm much obligated. I'm beholden. I'm indebted. I'm appreciative. To appreciate is to express a favorable, critical estimate, a sensitive awareness, a recognition of value. I appreciate you, and when I do that, I'm recognizing the value of you and the value of what you have done for me. To recognize with gratitude, to have sufficient understanding of its role and necessity. To admire or to enjoy the excellence of a thing is to give thanks and to give appreciation for a favor that is rendered. And so we've established that everybody should be thankful. And we've developed broader insights into what thankfulness really is. But now let's inquire, to whom should we be thankful? To whom should we give thanks? And the first answer I want to give is we should be thankful to almost everybody in our world. You see, we came into this world naked, and we came into this world helpless, and we came into this world a little ugly. Uh-huh. Everything we have somebody gave to us. And many of us estimate the contribution that people, underestimate the contribution that people have made into our lives. But almost everything you know, somebody taught you. You learn from them either by observing them, or by their words, or by their behavior, or by their writings. So we should appreciate people, and we should be grateful to people, and we should understand that we are obligated unto people because even as we have received, we should feel obligated also to give and to share. And most of the things that people have done for you were not done for you because you were so beautiful, not because you were so valuable, not because you were so intelligent, or even because they could not help themselves, but rather because of the kindness that resides in the human heart. But I think you know that I have something much more in mind when I think of gratitude by referring it to people. What I'm really asking is, to whom do you really give your highest and your greatest thanks? This has to do with what is the source, what is the ultimate reality for which you give appreciation and for which you give praise. Every once in a while, we need to go back to the fundamentals. We need not to be so shallow because life 
has a way of making us shallow. It can cause us to focus on the things that we can see and on the things that we can touch. And so many people think that they are sustained by what they see and what they touch. That they are sustained by entities that in reality cannot even sustain themselves. But we live in a universe that was created by God. I said we live in a universe created by Almighty God. The heavens were ordered by God. And all that was made was made by Him. Psalm 24 and 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. And Nehemiah prayed to God in Nehemiah 9 and 6 and said, You are alone, you alone are the Lord. You've made heaven and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that in them is. And you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. The psalmist said in Psalm 121 verse 2, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and who made the earth. Did you think that this orderly, intricate, purposeful universe just came into existence? Do you think that all the forms of life with the male and female species made for one another? Do you think that the miracle of birth, the birth of the children whom I dedicated this morning, do you think all of that was just some kind of big cosmic accident? Do you think this universe just automatically got itself together? No, God made the heavens and God made the earth. And since he made the heavens and the earth, the heavens and the earth belong to God. And you and I, whom he made, whom he created, belong and are obligated to him. Psalm 103 says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And Paul said in Acts 17 and 28, in him we live. And in him we move, and in him we have our being. No living without God, no moving without God, no being without God. And since God made us, and since God owns us, and since God favors us, we should give thanks unto the Lord. And the Lord is displeased when we fail to thank him. He's displeased when we fail to appreciate him, to be grateful to him are to give him glory. Let me read several verses from Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Where the Bible says, the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress or hold the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, and because, verse 21, I'm sorry, I read verse 20 twice. Verse 21 says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became fruitful in their thoughts, 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen, you look at the universe. You must be struck by the thought and by the image of almighty God who made it all. And to see the way the Lord provided in this universe, all that we really need is an indication of his love and of his compassion for all of us. But the Bible says that when they knew all of this, they did not give God glory and they did not give God thanks. And because they did not give him glory, because he did not give him thanks, then God, the Bible says, gave him up. Gave him up. And so God gives up on us when we fail to praise him and fail to thank him and fail to give him glory. We so frequently forget that God is behind the blessings that we receive. And we give credit to luck. We give credit to fortune, to destiny. But when you look at your neighbor, it was God. Tell your neighbor, it was God. And the word of the Lord commands that when we drink from wells that we did not dig and when we live in houses that we did not build and eat from vines that we did not plant, the word of God says, then beware lest you forget the Lord thy God that brought thee up out of the land of their captivity. And so we should be thankful unto God. Men give thanks to many things, but I'm going to give greatest thanks to God. I'm going to appreciate him. I'm going to be grateful to him. I'm going to recognize that I am indebted and obligated to almighty God. So let's discuss for a few things that for a few let's discuss a few things that we should be thankful to God for. Let's talk about some things that God has done for us. In Psalm 126 verse 3, the text says the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Can anybody think of any great things that God has done lately? If so, thank God for great things. I said thank God for great things. God did a great thing for West Angeles in this past year. One Sunday night, about two or three months ago, we had dismissed our service and we heard gunshots in the gas station next door to the church and it caused us a little concern but the young man who had fired the gun ran down the street toward the gate of the north campus and he was about to come inside the gate he fired his gun once through the gate and stepped toward the gate and all of a sudden a man with a gun in his hand fell flat on his face unconscious we were sure that he had been sat somewhere else and had been able to make it a short distance before he collapsed from the wound. Uh, we had thought that, that someone might have done injury to him and, and that caused him to fall on his face. But in reality, he had not been shot. He had not been touched by anyone, but he started down into the gate of the church with a gun, a pistol in his hand, and he fell flat on his face and lay there unconscious for 30 minutes or more till the ambulance came, put him in the ambulance and tied him down. And when the ambulance pulled away from the church, he opened his eyes and began to ask the ambulance attendants what happened, what, what occurred, what went on. And, and I'll tell him what actually happened. He started to walk on God's property to do damage to God's people. And God just thumped him down. He fell flat on his face and lay there 
The hospital examined him. They could find nothing wrong with him. But it was a miracle of biblical proportion. God knocked him down. Would you tell two people that was a great thing? I said that was a great thing. Hallelujah. God has done great things for us. And we are glad about it. And so we can praise him because he does great things. Is there anybody in the house who has had God to do a great thing for you? Think about that great miracle. Think about that great deed. Some of you were headed for the hospital and in the hospital. And the doctor had given you a good report or a bad report. But by the grace of God, you're still alive. And you're still here. The Bible says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And so you can thank God because God is good. Does anybody know he's good? I love to finish it by saying he's good to me. He always brings things out for my good. Hallelujah. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, all of us have drama in our lives. All of us have trials in our lives. But some of us have lived long enough to know that if you hold on to God, God will bring it out for your good. I've had some terrible things to occur, but I can say today the worst thing that ever happened to me was the best thing that ever happened because God used that trial to make me better. Use that trial to teach me to become wiser. He used that trial to take me higher. And so I can say no matter what you're going through, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. I want to tell you today that the Lord is merciful and I can praise God for his mercy. None of us have gotten what we deserve. We have gotten the grace of God. And no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, it's better than you deserve because God is a God of mercy. So I praise him for having mercy on me. In my distress, he sent his son Jesus, the son of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave his life. He died on a cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He was buried in the grave. But on the third day morning, he got up from the dead. I love him because he's my savior. I love him because of his mercy. Jesus took the rap for us. He took the punishment that we deserve. And because of him, we can stand before God, righteous and holy. Because of him, we can go to heaven and hear God say, well done. I don't know about you, but I thank God for his mercy. Would you raise your hand and say, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Jesus 
I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Would you raise that hand and say, Lord, I'll never forget your goodness. God is so good. I have a scar behind my left ear. That scar was placed there in 1985. 1985, an acoustic neuroma was discovered on my brain stem, coming out of my brain on the hearing nerve going toward the ear. The doctor decided that he would do surgery by going into my skull, folding my right ear forward, going through the ear canal, and lifting out the tumor. On the appointed day, I was scheduled for surgery. I was taken to the hospital. I was pre-sedated. That was the same day that a committee was coming from across the nation to the city of Los Angeles to look into our diocese, our jurisdiction, first jurisdiction of the Church of God in Christ in Southern California to select the bishop. I was a leading candidate for that office, but because of my surgery, I knew I would not be available to come before the committee, and thus I would not become the bishop of this first jurisdiction. So I went into the hospital. The doctor priest sedated me for surgery. I was lying in the bed groggy and about to go to sleep, but the doctor decided all of a sudden, I'm not going to do the surgery today. They said, but doctor, he's already pre-sedated for surgery. The doctor said, I see something in the blood work and I'm not going to do surgery today. I, I, I lie there in the bed for several hours until the anesthetic wore off. And then I got up and put on my clothes, went to the airport and met the committee and became Bishop of Southern California on that night. Oh, bless the name of God. Hallelujah. I went back to the doctor one week later, went to the blood specialist and told him they decided to cancel my surgery last week because there's something in my blood. The specialist checked my blood up and down, top to bottom, and he said, there's nothing wrong with your blood. You should have had the surgery on the other day. I went back to my surgeon and said, everything is all right. They said, I should have had the surgery. Why did you not give it to me? The surgeon said, God did not want me to do surgery on that day. Listen, the Lord, even in trouble, can work things out. Come on and praise him. Praise him. The doctor did the surgery. Everything came out fine. I was back in the pulpit preaching the gospel in three weeks. But the surgeon left a scar right behind my left, my right ear. And the scar is still there. Does anybody have a scar? If you have a scar, lift up your hand. It might be a physical scar. It might be an emotional scar. It might be a mental scar. But a scar is all right. And you ought to be thankful for your scar. If you've got a scar, a scar is nothing but a healed wound. And if the wound is healed, 
that means the worst is over and the best is yet to come. If you've got a scar, that means the wound has healed and you ought to give praise to God. Be thankful for your scars because a scar is nothing but a healed wound. And if God has healed it, it's all right. Will you tell somebody if God has healed the wound, it's all right. God is healing somebody's wound. Even today, God is doing it. Even today, come on and praise God. Praise. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks. I said give thanks because it accentuates the positive. I said thanks accentuates the positive. Give thanks because it minimizes the negative. You're looking at the good things that the Lord has done. Give thanks because that focuses you on God. You're looking at the circumstances, but lift up your eyes unto the Lord. I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. I'm going to look to the God of all the universe. When you give thanks, you're focusing on God. When you give thanks, it strengthens your faith. If you're in trouble, just say hallelujah. Anyhow, thank you, Jesus. Anyhow, you can praise your way and thank your way out of your predicament. When you give thanks, it gives you courage to go on a little bit farther. When you give thanks, you please God. And God looks down, says, my child is going through a tough time, but he's thanking me and praising me anyhow. You can praise your way through your dilemma, out of your trouble. Lift up your hand and give thanks unto the Lord in everything, in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And so Lord, I thank you for the good times. Lord, I thank you for the bad times. Lord, I thank you because you brought me through trouble, through sickness, through distress. Thank you for not only for what you have done, but thank you for what you're doing right now. Help me praise him. Help me thank him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to give you a chance to please God. I want to give you a chance to bless God, to encourage the, even the heart of Almighty God. I want to give you a chance to please the Almighty. I want to give you a chance to lift the very heart of Almighty God. Since the time of your birth, God has taken care of you. He's watched over you through a thousand nights. He's been with you in the midst of a thousand troubles. The Lord has brought you to where you are. And so many times you've not praised him and glorified him as you should. But if all the sky were a scroll to be written upon, and if all the oceans on earth were composed of ink, and if every man on earth were a scribe by trade, and if every stalk on earth were a pen 
or a quail. And if all of us wrote all of our days, we still could not thank God enough for all he has done. All we can do is just thank him with everything that is within us and glorify him with all that we have. If you know the Lord has been good to you, if you know the Lord has done something great and wonderful in your life, if you know that the Lord has been there even in your trouble, I want you to throw back your head just like you would at a Lakers ball game. Throw back your head just like you would at a celebrity concert. Don't praise them. Lift up your head and say, Lord, you're so good. Lord, you've done so much. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I glorify you. You're so good. So good. So good. Stand up, everybody. Clap your hands and give God praise. Give God honor. Give God glory. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. So good. So good. So good. Tell four people the Lord has been so good to me. You can't stop me from praising Him and thanking Him. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. I can't praise you enough. I can't bless you enough. I've got to praise you for life. I've got to praise you for health. I've got to praise you. You made a way for me. I've got to praise you. You opened doors for me. Thank you, Lord. If you're more excited about anything than you are about God, if you have no problem with going to a basketball game and screaming and yelling at the top of your voice because somebody makes a score, or a football game and jumping and screaming in the gallery, and some even come with their bodies painted with all the colors of their favorite team. And they go crazy giving thanks to a man and a team. If you have no problem doing that, then you ought not have a problem to throw back your head and thank God for his goodness. We're excited about you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
when we could not take care of him ourselves. He's watched over us when we could not watch over ourselves. He's provided for us when we could not provide for ourselves. He's so good. I've just given you the small, short testimony. I've not told you about the time out over the Atlantic my airplane caught on fire. I've not told you about the time that I talked to the Lord and said, Lord, if you're through with me, I'm kind of tired anyway. If I'm going to go down out here over this Atlantic Ocean, then so be it. But I thought you had more for me to do. I didn't tell you about how I said, if you're through with me, that's all right, but the Lord said, no, I'm not through. There's more for you to do. I felt it in my spirit. And with smoke and the smell of fire in my airplane, I pushed the recline button and went to sleep and woke up with the pilot saying, we've discovered the source of the fire. We've extinguished the fire. It was in non-essential wiring. We were resuming our course to Atlanta, Georgia. Flew across the Atlantic Ocean praising God and glorifying God. You know, you know that God has been good to you. And though you in your weakness and your frailty proclaim, I don't believe in God, you believe in God. And you know that it is God that has watched over you and will watch over you in the future. You owe God. Jesus Christ died for you and arose from the dead. He's alive now. And you owe your life to him. Someone in this room would say, I need God. I need my sins forgiven. I need to know that things are well between me and my God. I want to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I want my sins to be forgiven and my life to be lived to the glory of Almighty God. 